Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some good old Vikings football. Obviously, um, sometimes life gets in the way, so we did have to kind of delay the pod, so we won't be going too deep into that Rams game. We'll talk a little bit about it, of course. Um, Then we'll talk a little bit about a game we got coming up. In the great outdoors, in the frigid, cold, single digits, you know, maybe windshield negative. It's going to be one of the coldest games of all time, they say. They keep, you know, talking about that on ESPN. It's a big, big deal. Um, however, the old COVID bug, and it is uh, this new <laughs> – Variant is just a mass spreader right in itself. Like this thing is a super spreader. Um, luckily, it's it's you know it doesn't hurt you as much on average. But man, uh, it's done its toll. The NHL actually had to pause. They actually got it right. The NBA, the Timberwolves had their whole starting lineup plus two players, <laughs> um, and the Vikes. You know they've. Kind of had a player out here, player out there, but it hasn't like had a, a spread through our team per se. But we've just had the here and there. Cook had it last week. Uh, I think he's going to be back. But now we find out Kirk Cousins is out. The Iron Man is missing a game. Um, but you know, with this new variant, it, it wouldn't have mattered if he was vaccinated or not. Same with Cook and all that. Everybody's getting it no matter what with this one. So. That pretty much seals the deal, which, you know, with two games left, eh, it is what it is. A lot of people in the back of their head, do you want to beat the Packers twice in one season, uh, especially when they're having a great season and they look like a potential Super Bowl team? Of course you do. And we'll never be mad at that. But in the back of your head, as a fan, you know, the draft position comes into play, right? It just does. So without Cousins, um, it's going to get – yeah, having Cook back's great, and Cook does have great games against Cousins – or not against, against Cousins, against Green Bay a lot of times. But uh, it kind of fits in nicely. You know what I mean? It, we were just talking off air. It'd be different if we were on a four- or five-game winning streak, uh, and then we'd really want to win out, and, and, and we'd already be in the playoffs, you know, whereas this is kind of like – we got to win two games, and then we need them to lose, and them to lose, and that team to upset that team. And so it's, it is what it is. We've already kind of seen the two steps forward, two steps back um, issue, you know. So we, it doesn't feel like we're going into the playoffs with a vibe. It would be different if we were going in there with a vibe. I think both of us and a lot of you know Vikings fans out there would would still feel like let's finish strong, but it's kind of fitting that that's how this is going to go down. So we're going to talk a little bit about the game. Not a whole lot to break down, especially without Cousins. It'll be interesting to see. You know, the big debate is who's going to play now. Do we send the rookie to hell or do we go with uh, the veteran? Well, Mannion's coming off. Good old Sean Mannion's coming off the, uh, the COVID reserve. Um, so it is what it is. Anyway, and we'll, we'll talk a little gopher football at the end, just minorly, uh, cause they did finish strong. 
Uh, but if this is your first time listening to the Purple People Peter Purple People Eaters podcast, uh, it felt like a Run DMC rap there for a second. Uh, welcome. You, it's available in a variety of ways. It streams live on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope it radio. You don't have to go to Block Talk and rope it up, though. You can find uh, and download the show there. You can find the platform on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, um, Amazon Music as well. We're also part of the Grueling Truth Sports Podcast Network. Uh, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to the Grueling Truth? And you can always go to our Living in Loserville Spricker page. Aaron set that up last year. Um, it's right there on Spricker. Living in Loserville, of course, it's this show. He also has a podcast that you may be into that's on Spricker, Living in Loserville. One more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have and you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contract. No hidden fees. And right now, if you upgrade to the Choice or Ultimate Package, that'll give you three free months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks without the additional fees that you're seeing more and more. If you go all the way to the Premier Package, that's HBO Max, HBO Max and Showtime right there in the monthly fee. That's Direct TV Stream. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Aaron, and see how he's doing on this Last day, last night, last 24-7 of 2021, my friend. There's a preemptive uh, Happy New Year to you, my friend. Uh, yeah, this one, went, this year went by really fast, I thought. Actually, the last yeah, couple kind of went by fast. Ever since March 2020, dude, it's just flown by, man. But nonetheless, I mean... Now we're in this state of the season, you know, Chris, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, maybe throughout the whole season that these, you know, these games are kind of in sets of two and here we are in the last two and get hit by the COVID bug and got to go to green Bay and play a cold game. And, you know, I guess to me, it just seems so familiar that at this point in the season, we're going to talk a little bit about draft standing and where we stand and, you know, possibly talk a little bit about coaching changes and all this stuff. And, you know, entering the season, I don't think you and I were both on the the bandwagon for all these changes, but now it's like, you know, I don't think Zimmer is a bad coach and I don't think Spielman's a bad GM, but it just seems like it's kind of run its course here. And, uh, you know, whether you play, whoever you play these last two games, as far as the quarterback goes, it, it's just a, you know, a myriad of familiar faces and, you know, Sloter and Mannion and guys that have been around, lingering around for four or five years. And They're just, good locker not, room guys, though, you know. Right, but nothing seems new here, man. It's just kind of the same old faces, same old names over and over again. And that's what kind of leads me to the coaching decision and all that stuff, but in the GM decision. Now, we don't know what's going to happen, and we'll get into talking about that later. But at this point, it's like, you know, you split the last two games, okay. You win the last two games. It, it doesn't really matter in the large scheme of things. Well, I would push back on the large scheme of things. If we got into the playoffs, then I think it's a little bit harder to fire both of them. Um, especially with the injuries on defense this year. If they were to get into the playoffs, I think that would have been a pretty damn good coaching job. So I wouldn't necessarily say if we got in the playoffs. Um, like, I know what you mean as far as the grand scheme of things. I mean, 
both of us, kind of like I was talking earlier, both of us don't, and, and just Viking, the most positive Vikings Twitter person, couldn't think that we got a five going into the playoffs. So uh, grand scheme of things, yeah, definitely as far as, oh, man, we're going to get to the conference final. But I do think grand scheme as far as firing those guys, uh, I think that would make a big difference because I would be impressed if they would have, you know, finished with nine or ten wins uh, with all the injuries on the defensive side. Um, but, you know, let's kind of save some of that talk for the last show uh, to kind of wrap up the season. We won't get too deep into that. But, yeah, it does seem like eight years is a long time um, and for, for Zimmer. He's a very good coach. It, he kind of proved that he's not a great coach as far as a head coach. I think uh, when he's focusing on just defense, I still think, uh, you know, what he's been able to do on third down, what he's been able to do sometimes in the red zone this year, uh, some you know, still getting pressure, still getting, you know, lead the league or now tied for, for sacks. So he's still shown his value, but it doesn't really matter after eight years, you know, it is what it is. And Spielman, although he hasn't been the, the actual guy 100% in charge the whole time he's been here, because remember it took a little while for him to actually take the whole reins over, he's been here for a long time too. So I, I think, you know, that the, the time has come. It just sucks uh, Zimmer-wise. And you're right, going into this year, uh, we weren't on the bandwagon to fire him, or were we, you know, week five either, because that made no damn sense when people were calling for that. It's like, oh, yeah, that'll, that'll really help things. But it sucks that the last two years we had that amount of injuries on one side of the ball. I think that really is kind of like, man, it, it you know, that's football. It is what it is. But it does kind of suck that he didn't get a – I wouldn't say he didn't get a fair shot, of course, but this year in back-to-back years – it, it does kind of suck that he didn't get uh, to be somewhat just football healthy, not necessarily all these, oh, my God, your whole starting defensive line's out for those that month or whatever. But, yeah, you're right, man. It, it does seem like the, the writing is on the wall. Yeah, and it, like you said, it's, it's unfortunate because I think, you know, some of it is – uh, kind of a holdover, I guess, or a lag from last year. Last year's defense was not good at all. But, I mean, that, again, how much can you put of that on Zimmer? And, um, you know, some of it you can, but um, just personnel-wise. And, but then, again, Chris, that goes back to the same old face, the same old name things. I mean, Shamar Stefan and the other guy that played the middle last year. Now they're gone, and you bring in two with Pierce and Tomlinson, you bring in two new guys. And, you know, it improved, but – you know, then you start to lose other parts of the defense. Your linebackers are kind of in and out all year. Uh, your secondary is fairly healthy, but you got some issues there with Breland and, uh, you know, Woods, who I thought's a good pickup and Cam's issues. It's just a lot of issues this year on the defense. And, you know, offensively, that's another conversation. But if you're going to talk about Zimmer, I don't talk about defense. And, you know, you haven't getting the pressures that you want, but then you lose to Neil Hunter. It's just been a, a mixed bag of, bad things, you know, that have happened the last two seasons. And I think it's kind of a hold. You'd like to see if Zimmer could dig his way out of it. But another part of it is it just, you know, got to get some new blood in here and some new names and clean that locker room. And, you know, it's just a thing. I'm not saying it's a bad locker room. I think it's maybe too good of a locker room at this point, too comfortable, too familiar, 
you know, and, and that's kind of my issue been for the last season and it's kind of played its way out this season. And, you know, I, I don't know, man, I don't know what they're going to do. None of us really know what they're going to do. They could resign these guys. You just don't know. But like you said, I think the writing's on the wall and I think it, it's unfortunate for Zimmer. I think he'll find another place if he wants to stay in football. Um, Spielman too, but you know, I, I guess long story short, I'd like to, I'd like to see a change here, both those jobs. And, you know, it's tough to change them both, but you know, I guess you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Yeah. Um, just real quick on that last game, that seems like a long ass time ago now. Uh, one, cause it kind of was, <laughs> but also, uh, you know, we don't, we normally do our Monday. So like you said, we're not going to spend much time on it. It did feel like, you know, it's kind of been a theme we've been talking about. Uh, at some point we're going to get our ass kicked and at some point we're going to kick somebody's ass. And that obviously, you know, hasn't happened. Those 14 games of within eight points, you know, we're now tied for, you know, all sorts of weird records and stuff like that. We've been kind of tracking that the whole year, but, um, you know, when it was, uh, 10-0, it, it, it kind of felt like, well, this is going to be one of those games, especially, you know, with a pretty solid club. They, they, the Rams started out this year like gangbusters. I remember that Bears game where it was like three deep balls. It was like, oh, my God, dude. They are just running people off the field. It's almost like they kind of caught up to what, you know, some of the issues Stafford has. In, in some of these games – Especially that one game against the Niners, he was just throwing it all over the place. Just like what the hell? Even the game we played, uh, he was kind of you know had a couple like oh, okay, this is this is Matthew, I guess. But um, so it did feel like we were going to get our ass kicked. To the long story short, um, I did like how they kind of grinded back. We're able to get it down by three. Then of course uh, we had to give up a, a punt return for a touchdown, and I think. You could point to a couple different things in that game, but to me, once you see, you know, we were able to get a field goal, then they got another long-ass run touchdown, or long-ass 11-play uh, drive, I mean, almost 5 minutes, 75 yards, to get up 27-13. And I did think at that point, Aaron, okay, this is where we're going to get our ass kicked. But I did like how they battled back once again. This team shows no quit at all. And grinded out a touchdown, got a two-score lead with like, or got it down to 27-20 with like eight minutes left or whatever. But it's that old complimentary football, right? We've been talking about that as well, man. There's been a lot of themes this year. But the complimentary football, and that was a prime example of the offense couldn't get quite all the way out of gear and capitalize. Um, and the defense played really pretty damn well. Then it was like, okay, we got our shit together. The offense saying, we got our shit together. Now we need you. Oh, you just gave up a long drive. Now they're down again. So it was kind of like we both thought they were going to lose. Um, they didn't get their ass kicked. Uh, I did kind of feel like that at halftime that it would be an ass kicking. But um, it does seem – so I liked how they grinded back. Um, it is what it is. Uh, they go down 30 to, you know, 23, another one-score game. But um, – this team does have heart. It, it does the old two steps forward, two steps back. I, you know, a lot of times the shit would just spin out of control. And even last year, you know, when they were one in five and they won four in a row and got the seven, that shows you, 
you know, this whole Zimmer's an idiot, he's garbage, this, that, that's all garbage. That's all knee-jerk, emotional, take my ball and go home like we're in middle school type stuff. And some of these people on the radio and writers locally have all this going, and now they're just they're just gonna sit there and cry like a little kid and just blame everything. And oh, it just everything's worse than everything. You know, I just seen some comments where I'm like, dude, calm down. Like, just just say you want Zimmer gone. You don't have to add all these extra bullshit in there. Uh, but it does feel like this week. We're going to get our ass kicked. What says that to you, sir? Well, I mean, I think there's a high likelihood that you're correct. Um, but, you know, you never know with this team. You know, it's, it's so true. They have heart. You're right. They don't quit. There's a lot of pride. Um, there's a lot of pride that's going to be on the sideline, though, this week, which is, <laughs> you know, that's the issue here. And, um, you know, Cold weather, back to cold weather, late season games in at Green Bay. We got a couple year break from it. Yeah. But now we're back it's to cold. it. And uh it's Green Bay. It's you know it's trending, let's say that, it's trending towards an ass kicking. But you never know what's gonna happen. I mean, I don't know the Packers position at this point, but they could, you know, not play their top guys either. You just don't know. Um but yeah, it doesn't look good at First of all, Vikings in cold weather, it's never really a great thing, although it should be, but they play inside for the last three decades. So, oh, we practiced you know, outside too, or at least in the cold, yeah, like that, you know? Like that helps. And I mean, it helps a little bit, but PJ seems to think it helps a lot. He gets well, it should. Cold all I mean, the time. Yeah. It definitely should, but it, a lot of it is just, before it was that turf, you know, that grass. Oh, look at, look at our record on grass, no matter what temperature, right? Right, but I'll let you run down the litany of names that are going to be out for this game. And, you know, Cousins is the prime one, I think, if you got a chance. I mean, I'm sorry, but I just don't have that kind of faith in Mannion slash Sloter slash Mond at this point. So it's like, you know, I guess it depends on what the defense can do. If they can stop them and hold them to like 14, something like that, then you got a, you got a, you know, a puncher's chance, but. That just doesn't seem very likely to me, Chris. And I don't know about an ass kick. And I, I think you lose, but. You know, it could be a 21-point loss. It could be a three-point loss. It's just kind of up in the air there. I don't really know where I stand on it. If I had to put money on it, I'd say probably 10, maybe 10-point loss on that. I guess this year that could be defined as an ass whooping. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Cousins is out. Nick Vigil's out. Patrick Jones, who had flashed a little bit for his late, he's out with COVID. We know Adam. Uh, luckily, it's he's having like a minor surgery thing. It's only like a month rehab, so it's kind of just go in there and clean stuff up. But um, so I say that only because at least it's not like a six month or four month thing, and his whole off season gets messed up. But Thielen's out. We've seen firsthand uh, without red zone Thielen, uh, it is a little different because they can just gang up on uh, um, JJ. But Cole was out with his elbow. He must have smashed elbows down in the trenches with our guy Pierce, and he got the worst of it this time, I guess. But he was already out heading into this. Then Udo got COVID. Like three dudes this or four guys this week got that COVID. So yeah, that and, and Conklin's questionable. Danzler's questionable. I mean, this is 
this is one of the weeks where you're like, wow, we have never had it like that. I mean, I know that we had our whole starting lineup out, uh, defensive line and all that. So I suppose maybe that would, well, it makes it worse because Cousins. Yeah, it does make it worse for sure. Uh, like I said, the good news is, um, you know, our guy Mannion's coming off the COVID list himself. And, you know, he's got a lot of faith. He's a, a God-fearing man. So I do think that'll help him on the field, of course. I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, there's a lot of God-fearing men in that locker room, though. I mean, I think that's a good thing. Here. Okay, maybe I, I should just stop going down this lane. But anyway, um, I see an ass whooping. I mean, it's Green Bay. I, I suppose the weather, though, I do have to factor that in because – you don't always air it out um, in this type, especially if it's windy. I don't have the wind factor in this one. Um, so if it's windy, then, yeah, there's no way in hell. Actually, let me look at it right now. It says game time weather, 7 degrees, and that's at the start, and we know it's a night game. Uh, the over-under is 42.5. You might as well drop that a little bit. And the it, it literally is way up now that Cousins is out. It's it's a huge line now that Cousins is out, too. So um, I'm going to call for an ass whooping. I'm going to call for a good old-fashioned butt whooping. And if that happens, do they show the respect? Because it's not like we got to get a jump on recruiting or anything like in college. Do they give him the last game to play at home? Maybe that's the big debate, Aaron. Do they can them if we lose this week or get our ass kicked? Um, I, my guess is they'll just give them one more. Without Cousins, you get your ass kicked. You can't be like, okay, that's the that's the one. The Detroit loss, no, no, we didn't. That wasn't good enough to fire him. We're gonna fire him after this one. I actually have seen that debate online, and it's like I think they'll. He's safe for all seventeen games. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Just because it just seems like that's probably more the Will style, but I could see a scenario where they want to get a jump on somebody that's available and, you know, open up the job a week early, but I just don't see that. I think it'd be disrespectful at this point after eight seasons to do. I think it'll be like the Black Monday. Is that what they call it? I think it'll be a Black Monday thing, but you know, the real thing I'm interested in, Chris, is the Spielman situation is like, you know, I could very well see him keeping his job into next season or at least until the end of his contract. And I could also see him being let go. And when do they do that? You know, do they do that on Black Monday as well and try to get a new guy? I just, it's hard to, cause you want to, you know, kind of have the whole off season with a GM. You'd think maybe, it was, maybe the Wolves have been lining it up already. You just don't know. But um, that to me is the real interesting one. I think Zimmer's pretty much a done deal, but. The Spielman thing to me is the question. That's the real linchpin to me of the off season is if you, if you retain Spielman, you know, to me, it's going to be more of the same, but if you clean house and get rid of the GM and the coach, and if you're planning on doing that, they should certainly have had their GM search underway for weeks now. So I think they'll implement the GM and then GM will hire the new coach. That's what I'm thinking. Best case scenario there. But the thing is, it's, it's totally different in the NFL, like legally too, as far as talking to people than in college. There's really no, there is a getting a jump on, you know, making some phone calls to agents, but there is no, you can't interview people early anyway. So there is no really jump on it. You know what I mean? 
Um, I mean, you can open the door a week early. I, I see what you're saying. Like, hey, we are open. It's kind of like getting in the transfer portal. Like, hey, I'm in this thing right here, just so you know. So if you need yeah, to I mean, quarterback next year, I'm your guy, you know. But um, I, I just mean, like, you know. Gone. I don't think there's a debate on Steelman, to be honest with you. Well, I hope you're right. I really do. I, I, I meant more like, hey, everybody, there's a job opening in Minnesota. So, you know, get your resumes in sort of one week early. But I think you're right, Chris. I think they'll wait till the end of the season, Black Monday thing. And I did see an article uh, this week about what, you know, the hierarchy of available jobs. And the Vikings were at the top of it, you know, with the new uh, facilities, the owners, uh, the it's patients of the owners. It's not a rebuild, no matter it's not what a rebuild. Twitter says. <laughs> Got a it's decent roster to work says. with. Oh, more, I mean, the covers are not empty whatsoever you know right. this isn't a trade yeah, like you we know. said like mid-season 10 guys were going to trade it's like you're out of your mind like that would make no sense anyway right because then you got you know you've got three pretty large franchise decisions to make you've got the gm decision to make you've got the head coach decision to make you've got the starting quarterback and his money decision to make um, and those are kind of three things I think they have to go in that order. Either get the new GM, GM decides what he wants to do with Zimmer, and then those, and, and as well as the new coach, and then they decide how they want to handle the Cousins situation. And, um, those are big things even before we start talking about draft and start talking about, you know, free agency and all that stuff. I mean, these are, this is going to be a heck of an off season. So, um, Anything else that you'd like to discuss Vikings-wise? Let's try not to go too deep because we have, you know, two more shows where we could talk about some of this stuff, too. Plus, we'll probably have some reaction of, well, this happened. He's gone now. You know what I mean? Well, let's talk about the if Cousins is out, is it automatic Mannion? What do you think about Mond? Is there, you know, or Slaughter going to make an appearance here? How do you play you know, the last two games and who do you play? I think you probably try to cart out Mannion for Green Bay, see how that goes. And let's say it's a complete disaster. Maybe you, maybe you throw Mond against the Bears. Uh, I don't want to see Mond against the Packers. So that I think is a bad decision, but, um, and I don't really want to see Mond against the Bears too. I just, you know, I don't really want to see Mannion either. So you got to pick your poison here. And I think you, I'll take Mannion as the poison for me. Well, I guess in a selfish way, I want to see Mannion because <laughs> I want to make sure, like I want to make sure the, the, the L is capable of being there. We can't have this young buck run out of nowhere for 60 yards in a game and keep this thing close. You know, we need we need these losses at this point in the season. A lot of times, you know, it's just the opposite, um, you know, what gives us our best chance. Yeah, I think Mannion, because he's been in the quote-unquote – system um he looked pretty good two years ago almost beating the bears with our backups remember that we almost beat him with our backups um i remember that game it was like 20 to 17 and i just remember hicks i think he scooped and scored or something like that i just remember him in the end zone celebrating with all his defenders so yeah i'm with you i think the the pecking order is our guy and even slaughter or slaughter before i always say slaughter slaughter before uh uh, before the, the young buck. But I think that's just week one. Maybe if it does just go that bad, like to your point, they will try something else because why not? Um, if Maybe they sneak them in there 
Um, but it is kind of a nasty defense to do that, even, you know, with Chicago the next week. So I think it'll be Mannion, definitely. Um, just kind of wrapping stuff up here. The Gophers, although much like this year on offense, they left plenty uh, of, you know, scores, whether it's a three-point, seven-point, whatever. They left some stuff on the field, no doubt about it. However, they were just gangbusters with the run. 249, uh, 51 carries, 4.9 a clip. I mean, when you carry the ball 51 times and you get 4.9 a clip, that's ridiculous to 66 on the ground. We talked about that, not let them hit that 100 mark because they were 6-0. and West Virginia, I mean, 38-29 to 21-31 was the time of possession. It probably should have been like 30-something to 6, but the defense was just nasty. They hit um, that doji dude, dude like probably five or six times in the first half, just freaking laid it on them. And then Kai and uh, Bucky, Nasty, 21 carries, buck 44, 6.9 a clip and a tutty for Thomas. And then Bucky, 9, 129, 6.8. I mean, it's the, it, it does kind of remind me of how many times they used to bring up the size and the strength and, the, and just the domination of a Wisconsin offensive line. A good chunk of that game, um, the offensive line for the Gophers was just, you know, previewed and predicted and broken down. I mean, they I haven't seen a game like that in a long time when they were just talking about the line the whole time. But defense in that line won that game. So it was nice, Aaron, to go out on a good note. Nine wins. Um, we look at that Bowling Green game, and, and this is a 10-win season. You know, we talked about earlier this year, is this a eight or nine, you know, with a bowl game win? type of season or is this a 10 or 11 you know and uh, we were kind of when we had that four game winning streak some of the stuff we did against Ohio State early it did start to feel like we could get to 10 wins this year Um, of course you know it didn't work out that way but all in all you like you know going out on a good note and I for one will never be mad overly mad anyway at a nine win season I was just gonna say that. I mean, we can't. We got to slow our roll here. Don't get too spoiled. Yeah. Uh, I remember some very dark Gopher seasons, and I don't think that's too far back to, for a lot of people to remember. And a nine-win season would have been a dream scenario at those points. And uh, I think you nailed the, the recap of the game pretty good. You know, a dominant offensive line, defense was dominant. And a Big Ten, you know. I think we're in the mix in the Big Ten now just as far as talent and uh, you know, how the team is built. And like you said, the, rush, the rushing numbers and Bucky getting the edge. I mean, he looks good. It's going to be hard to sit him next year. I, I don't care if you got Trey back. I don't care if you got Mo back. I mean, with I don't want to see Bucky on the bench all season. And, you know, Kai, those guys, you've got four solid backs now with experience. It's just going to be incredible. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look. You laid a couple eggs this season now. As far as the progression of the program goes, you, like you said, you knock out those eggs that you laid, and you're looking at 11 wins here, which is a heck of a season and a much better bowl game. You played well against Ohio State. They're not laughing at you anymore. You know, you punched them in the mouth enough for them to know that you're for real. And so now, you know, 
the next step for the program, I think, is not laying those eggs and getting that 11 wins, you know, and, and you're not losing a heck of a lot of people, a lot of people coming back. Uh, you've managed to cultivate some serious depth on this team where you're just like, wow, that's a, that's a nice player that we didn't even know about. And, uh, you know, and they keep coming up. I, I think with Sharaka back, that's, you know, a huge plus. And, you know, Rossi seems to be getting better. And like I've been saying all year, Rossi's rotating guys on defense. It's just amazing. I mean, he's got his two solid linebackers, but we'll lose Gibbons, I think. Yeah. But, you know, you've got guys we thought we were going to – we didn't see much of Braylon Oliver this year. And he'll step right into that spot or, or a better linebacker there. I think you got a problem at corner, but hopefully you've got guys in the back there that can help. And, and the offensive line seems to be, you know – just bringing in new dudes all the time and you got some guys coming back. So, you know, knock on wood, but you know, let's say you go into next season, you don't lay those eggs, maybe pull off a win against, you know, I think you play Michigan next year or somebody, uh, Penn state again, maybe I didn't really study the schedule for next season, but, uh, I mean, it's trending upwards and it just keeps going that way. And, you know, I don't want to make any predictions for next season, but just, you know, the growing pains of laying those eggs and maybe you pass that by and you, you find yourself on a, you know, undefeated in November or something again. And that would be something. Yeah. It'll be interesting. You brought up Oliver. It'll be interesting if, to see if they keep him in that hybrid kind of linebacker safety um, position. Cause he played a fair amount at that this year. That's for sure. It'll be interesting to see if they put him in the given spot or if they keep him in that hybrid because um, we're in that defense so much. Um, that'll be really interesting. But like you said, we got a lot of people coming back, and, uh, you know, the transfer portal goes both ways. I think people forget about that sometimes. Uh, just a matter of days, weeks before we, you know, bring in a vet D-tackle, maybe another one, who knows, but at least one. Um, two words uh, moving forward. Beat Iowa. Beat Iowa. I don't even mind um, – you know, the Illinois had beaten Penn State. They, you know, they they weren't a horrible team. So, in a sense, you're correct. It was laying an egg, but it wasn't quite the size of the Bowling Green egg, right? Uh, that had to hurt coming out because that one was just that was one of the. I think, I think it was the biggest upset of the year on the on the Vegas spread. I'm almost positive of that. So you're right, that's even 10 wins right there. But beat Iowa, that's the one thing Fleck hasn't done yet. Um, and we have them, We this year it's three non-conferences and then Iowa. And then there's a gap and then it's November again. So that November to remember, the, to close. And I think it's this year it's Michigan State and Penn State on the other side. But we'll talk about that. But yeah, we got to beat Iowa and then we can, uh, you know, get to the, the conference final, the Big Ten title game, that's where we need to be because that's our best shot at getting to the Rose Bowl. Any last words, sir, because this is going to be a short show. No, Chris, I think that's a great point. You know, win your trophy games, beat Iowa. If you could have a year, possibly next year, where you can, you can, you know, beat the trophy games, so you beat Iowa, beat Wisconsin. Uh, if you got Penn State, beat them. Get your travel, your trophy games and your rivalries. You have a sweep of that. I mean, that's going to be everything. You can't go, well, maybe we beat Wisconsin and we lose to Iowa. Or we lose to Iowa, beat Wisconsin. We're always kind of having that conversation. 
And, uh, yeah, the one thing left is to beat Iowa. And, and I think that's a great place to, great place to end it. All right. We'll be back next week. Um, you know, if we beat Green Bay, we're not going to be pissed because it's like, hey, we still beat them. Ah, we beat them with a backup, but it's not going to happen. The first blowout is going to happen. But who knows with this team, like you said. I mean, it's going to be overtime, right? We'll miss two field goals. All right. Uh, bundle up for those Vikings fan, fi- fans, and I know a couple of them, heading to Lambeau because, yeah, if it's going to be seven degrees at kickoff, it's got a chance to dip. We know how this Midwest dip will happen. And, couple hours later, it would be negative four or something. We'll see you next week. Peace.